Welcome back to another episode of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We are presented, as always, by 78 Sports. My name is Owen Shadrick. His name is Matt Ferreira. Matt, happy new year. Happy 2024. How you doing? Talk to me. Happy New Year to you, Owen, and I have decided my New Year's resolution for 2024 is we're bringing the people what we want, more Futures League content. That is a great New Year's resolution to have, and funny enough, I have the same resolution. It's going to be more Back to the Futures. We have so many good episodes, including our first one to kick off 2024. It's with a former Futures League MVP. It's 2020 MVP, Ben Rice who got drafted in the 12th round by the New York Yankees. He's currently playing in their double-A system. And Matt, he's raking. He's doing really well. Had 16 home runs last year, and we asked him what contributed to his success. So you have to wait a little bit to hear his answer, but a really great interview overall. Yeah, Ben is excellent. He's a great interview. We're really excited to show you guys this interview. And you might remember he was on Back to the Futures before, but this is a re- we're doing it again. We're rebooting. Just like every other TV show on TV right now. Ben Rice is our interview. We're going to shoot you to him right now. We are honored to be joined by our next guest here on Back to the Futures. He was a former Worcester Braveheart winning the 2020 MVP. He was a Worcester Braveheart during their 2019 championship team. And he was a 12th round pick in the 2021 MLB draft by the New York Yankees. It's Ben Rice. Ben, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, it's good to have you back on the podcast, sir. And I mentioned it off the top. You heard your name called in the 12th round of the 2021 MLB draft by the New York Yankees. What were your thoughts and emotions when you heard your name called? Yeah, I mean, it was a dream come true, right? Especially to go to such a well-known organization, um, you know, such a historical franchise um, that's been around the game for so long and it's been, you know, such an important symbol in baseball for so long. So, um, I mean... It was everything. It was it was a culmination of uh, all the work that went into it, and it was a really special day. And Ben, you're originally from Massachusetts. Was it weird to put the Yankees uniform on for the first time? Uh yeah. I, I mean, I think a, l- a little bit. You know, it's I. It's funny when I was a little younger, I liked rooting for the Yankees because I really liked Derek Jeter. So I always kind of had a soft spot for the Yankees. I kind of grew out of that fandom as I got older because it didn't really make sense to root for the arch rival of the the Red Sox where where I'm from, right? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it it was a little weird at first, maybe, but I mean, guy, I mean, it, it doesn't get much better though than than, than uh, representing the New York Yankees. So, and flashing back, 2020, you're on this podcast. You're talking about you're on our quick hits segment that we used to do. And you mentioned you were a Sox fan, but you idolized Jeter. What is it? And you just mentioned that, obviously. What mm-hmm. does it mean to be able to put on the same jersey as one of your idols? Oh, I mean, it's it's so cool. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, I got. I mean, I got a poster of him in here. Uh, ever since I was little, I've always had that in my room. Um, you know, he's just uh, such a good guy to look up to. Just the way he carries himself um, on and off the field. Uh, you know, he's he, he's a Yankee uh, at the end of the day. So. Uh, really, really special to to actually kind of have that come full circle and and be able to put on the 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 same uniform, represent the same team as him. Yeah, I mean that's it's fantastic. At the end of the day, you know, you talk about one of your idols, and now you're wearing the same jersey that he wore. Pretty, mm-hmm. cool. yeah, totally cool. 
And staying in the Futures League, there's plenty of guys that are on the same boat as you that have come through that organization, whether it's Sebastian Keen, Max Burt, formerly Mickey Gasper. Have you come across those guys? And what's it like to see so many guys from the Futures League even be in the same organization as you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've come across all those guys, um, you know, just whether it was in spring training or uh, during the season, like this this past season, I was uh, playing for Somerset Patriots with Max Burt and Mickey Gasper, two guys who have been in the organization for a while. And um, those are another two guys that I look up to just, you know, as like, again, you know, just the way they carry themselves and um, they've been around the game for a while. So it was, it was fun to play with those guys and guys like, you know, Sebastian Keen, Cam Schlittler, um, other Futures League guys now that are a little younger than me. Um, but it's, it's really cool. It's, it's fun. There's, there's that, um, there's that little bond that everyone has being from new England and having played in the same summer league, uh, you know, going through the same kind of circuits around here. Um, so, so it was, uh, it's, it's, it's a cool experience having all those guys with the Yankees. And Ben, this season would, you would get the promotion from a ball to double a, as well as having a career high Homer 20 Homer season with 16 of them being in double a. What led to your success this season? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's it it just comes down to uh, just simplifying everything, you know. I mean, it, there's uh, of course with with a lot of with a lot more experience, you're just naturally going to get better. I think overall, I'm I'm I still am lacking in the experience department. Um, so for me, it's just a matter of just continuing to get reps on a daily basis, and then kind of um, letting letting my ability like reach its potential from there, I guess. Um, just like experience, experience, keep seeing the pitching, keep getting better, um, simplifying the approach, just, you know, trying to find a barrel, make hard contact, have tough at bats and, um, just kind of let the game come to you from there. And you get drafted in 2021, you played in the futures league the previous two years. So kind of a general question for you, how did your time in the futures league prepare you for pro ball, uh, single a double a now where you are. Yeah, I think, uh, futures league was great for me. I played, I played two summers there. Right. So 2019, 2020, um, obviously there's the, there's the things like, you know, you're playing with a wood bat. Um, you're playing closer to like an everyday schedule for me. You know, I was catching out DH, I would catch out DH, um, which in a way kind of replicated the schedule that I ended up being on in pro ball. Um, once I was able to kind of work myself into more of an everyday role. Um, so I'd say, I mean, yeah, it, it really prepared me well, you know, just in that, that kind of lifestyle, getting ready for pro ball, it was very similar. Um, and then also, especially in 2020, the talent, um, that we had in the league that year, um, it was really special. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun to be able to, uh, challenge, challenge yourself against, uh, some, some high caliber players. And you just mentioned the talent that was in that year. What was it like facing and being exposed to that elevated competition in the Futures League for the first time? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, that year, I think, was definitely a big step up from the previous summer for me um, because I, I think just with the pitching um, and some of the position players that we had in the league that year, with all the other summer leagues getting canceled, like the NECBL and the Cape, um, all the local guys, as you guys know, were kind of flocking to the Futures League because um, they were willing to – uh, keep the ball rolling and, 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 you know, put a show on that summer. So it was, it was really fun. We were the only show in town, had a lot of really great players um, coming to, to play against one another and uh, get a little season together that honestly probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. So um, it was really cool. I mean, we had just 
so much talent, so much high end talent that year. And it was a really special experience. Yeah. And I mean, I, that cool year was one of the coolest in futures league history guys from all across the country. So much talent coming to the only show in town to play great baseball. And for you, you come out of that at the end of the day, winning MVP above all those guys. So what did that mean getting that award amidst all of the competition there and just being part of that special season? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. I think that, that, that recognition was, was a lot, you know, I, I really do think at the end of the day, um, if, if the futures league didn't come through and, and, and put that season together for us, I really don't know if I would have been able to get drafted or sign, um, or get noticed by scouts because I didn't have a spring season in 2020, obviously with everyone else in COVID and then the Ivy league did not play in 2021. So that summer especially was very pivotal for me because I was able to get a ton of exposure around um, the scouts. Cause like you said, we're the only show in town um, and it was against good competition. And I think I genuinely do, do think that being able to win that award um, really helped my case as well, because it, it definitely put me on the map a little bit more, you know, not coming from a big name school, um, not being a high profile guy out of high school, um, it, it gave me just another, you know, thing to my resume to, to help me, um, get a little bit closer to, to my goal to get drafted and sign and work my, my way, uh, towards the big leagues. Hold on. We'll get right back to back to the futures, but first we want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in new England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up very quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home our friends at 78 sports can help you put together the perfect at home training setup whether you want to start small with just a tee and a net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine they have you covered and i've used their stuff before i've seen their facilities they definitely cover everything the team at 78 sports design and install hundreds of at home and commercial sports training facilities so let them help you find the perfect setup for your space Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, the number eight, sports.com. For a limited time only, by just mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. And you played for Worcester in the 2019 and 2020 seasons. What led to you coming back for a second year? Yeah. So, I mean, that 2019 season was so fun. We won the championship. It was a blast. Um, my original plan going into 2020 was to play in the NECBL. Um, that of course fell through because they canceled the the season uh, pretty early on, pretty like in advance, you know, they, they were one of the first ones to kind of go. Um, so right when that happened, I immediately, uh, texted, uh, coach Dion from, from the Bravehearts and basically asked him if the, if he thought the futures league was going to play, what the Braveheart situation was. He said, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have any room in the roster quite yet. Um, but you know, there are some rumblings that the, the league is going to kind of shift towards being, you know, more local guys. Um, and there might be a spot for you, obviously, if there's a spot where we'd love to have you, um, you know, being a returning guy. So, um, sure enough, you know, like a week later or so he got in touch with me again and said, Hey, we got a spot for you there. This league is going to happen and, and we're going to have a season. So, uh, you're welcome to join the team. And I was like, 
Hell yeah, dude. I'm, I'm going back to the Bravehearts. And we, we had a bunch of returners that year. It really felt like the same team that we had in 2019. So it was a ton of fun. Uh, we had a lot, a lot of good guys and it was, it was a great summer. And you mentioned that 2019 team would go on to win the championship in your first year. What do you think led to that team's success? Man, we just had fun. We were relaxed. Uh, we we really embraced what summer ball is meant to be. It's it's you're playing every day. You're um, you're you're going out with one another. It's 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 just a ton of fun. We 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 had so much fun that year, man. It was it was a great great team. Um, we 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 just kept it loose. I, that's the way I could put it. I mean, we we kind of were a, like a 500 bubble team for most of the year. I think we ended up finishing the regular season in like fourth place. Um, but we, we started to just get hot. Everything started to click. And I think that was just cause we had good chemistry and everyone wanted to stick around. No one was leaving the, leaving the team early to go back home. Everyone wanted to stick around and try and win a championship. So I think that chemistry and, uh, combined with that, um, relaxed nature of the team and not taking ourselves too seriously really helped us. And, uh, we were fortunate enough to come out on top. And in your second season, you would go back to the championship, but eventually this time you would lose game three to the Nashua Silver Knights. How did it feel to be on the other side of the field this time? <laughs> that one stung. Yeah, I don't know. I know uh, that one was different, too, because we were kind of we were the first place team for like almost the I think like almost the whole summer. Um, and we had like really good pitching that year. Um, so that definitely sucked that that sucked to lose that in the finals, especially, you know, going to all three games of the series. Um, you know, I, it, you know, Nashua just played really well. It was a, that was, that was a tough one to swallow though. It was, it was a good series and that was, that was still a really fun year, regardless of how it ended. Yeah. I mean, in that year, you guys had such a good team. You, you yourself, you hit 350, 11 bombs, 27 RBIs, but guys like Nick Martin played well, Mariano Ricciardi came back. It was just Jack Cho was there. It was just a good team. It was a good mm -hmm. team. Yeah, we had a lot of good players. Matt Shaw came in and Shaw, stole yep. kind of <laughs> had all those homers. Uh, we had really good pitching. Angelo Baez, Jack Steele, Cole Chidoba, um, Eric Ch Chavarria. Um, I mean, yeah, the list goes on. I mean, we had just so many guys up and down the lineup, up and out, down the rotation um, who, who helped us win. We had a really good club that year. And back to the Yankees, you are one of the Yankees' top 30 prospects. Does any pressure come from those rankings? Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say so. I, I mean, I to be honest, it's funny. I didn't – someone told me, like, when I got added to that, and I had no idea. Um, I I think, you know, those – a list is a list at the end of the day. It's 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 really just someone someone's opinion out there that I don't even know. Um, and uh, it's – it is what it is. So uh, I try not to think too much about it. It's, it's cool to get that recognition though. It's, 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 it's fun to think about um, just, you know, that your name's out there and people are might maybe starting to, to notice you a little bit more and um, getting a little bit more notoriety. Um, but, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, it's just a list. So um, try not to, to let that, you know, get in my head too much. In this season in Somerset, you would get to play with one of the Yankees top prospects, Jason Dominguez before he made his debut in September, is he someone you're trying to pick the brain of? <laughs> Jason, Jason's the man. Uh, he's, he's awesome. I've played with him ever since 2021 when I got drafted, we came up through uh low a together that year, a little bit in 2022. Uh, and then of course, yeah, with the, with the double um, a team this last year, um, 
yeah, I mean, he's a great guy to talk to. He's great to talk to about hitting, about defense, about preparation. Um, he's very mature for his age, um, especially, you know, with a guy like him, he's always in the spotlight, um, always under a magnifying glass. So, uh, you know, the way he's stayed composed and hasn't really, um, you know, let the noise get to him throughout his, his young career has been really cool to watch. And I mean, yeah, I mean, what a great teammate. Can't say enough good things about him. I love Jason. And you yourself, you're listed as a catcher and a first baseman. I got to ask, which is your favorite? Oh, that's, that's an easy one. Catching. Uh, you're always in the, you're always involved. I've been a catcher ever since I was a little guy too. So that was, that was the first position I played and, um, I've, I've always loved it. You know, I'm, I love, I love everything about it really. And especially, you know, the part where you get to, you know, kind of build a relationship with your pitchers and, um, uh, you know, the, the game managing aspect of it and, uh, kind of being the quarterback out there. I think, um, it's, it's just a really, really awesome position to play because there's so much that goes into it. Um, so that'll, I mean, that'll, that'll always be my answer to that question. And as a catcher, we, we always talk about how important it is to have a relationship with your pitchers. And I guess this was evident in the futures league too. How do you get to know these pitchers, especially as most of them are kind of in and out and especially in pro ball where they're literally getting called up or sent down, you know, week after week, how do you get to know them and kind of bond with them as you move and they move through the different stages? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Like you said, there's a lot of turnover on the rosters. Guys are moving up and down levels. Guys are getting traded coming in and out of the organization. Um, so it is tough. I think it, the, you, your best opportunities to build relationships with guys is in spring training. Um, especially if you get down there early, I mean, then you can be there from before February even starts all the way through March. Right. So, um, that's kind of the best chance for all catchers to, um, you know, they can catch bullpens for a guy who's up in triple a and catch a bullpen for a guy who's in the big leagues and catch a guy bullpen for a guy who's down in low a, right. It's all over the map. Um, so those are like the best opportunities that catchers can have um, to kind of get the ball rolling a little bit with pitchers that they might not as might not be as familiar with um, on a personal level or on even just like a like hey I don't even know what you throw uh, but if you're able to kind of get those um, conversations and those um, interactions out of the way in spring training it really sets yourself up well for when you randomly end up on a roster with them in July. Um, so that, that really helped me. Like when I got up to double a, there were a bunch of guys that I hadn't seen throughout the, the whole year, but I remember catching them in spring training. Um, and I remember even hitting against them and just talking to them in the locker room, kind of knowing how they work. Um, and, uh, it, it made that transition a lot easier, kind of keeping going back to that memory bank that I had of the times that I had caught them in, in non-competitive settings. And it made it, you know, a lot, a lot easier to do. Yeah, that's great. It's good that you get the, that time with them before you end up having to, you know, pitch with them. So you kind of know what right. they're doing. Exactly. Exactly. And as we were doing research for this podcast, it seemed like every article I came around donned the phrase, either the phrase who is Ben Rice or <laughs> under the radar, Ben Rice. What is the, what is, when you hear that, what is going through your mind and what does that say about you as a player? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of like being under the radar, you know, it's, it's funny. I, it's, it, it's kind of ironic in a way, right. When there's like a few, like a few different articles coming out at the same time that are all saying this guy's under the radar. It's like, 
okay, well then why are there these three different articles? Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, 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 it's cool. I, I, I like being tabbed as that, that, as that kind of guy. Cause I think it's fitting, you know, I, I, I do think that I kind of, um, have been low key throughout, uh, my baseball career. And, um, I, I, obviously you don't, you don't really want to keep it that way, but if I could, I would, uh, cause it always, it, it keeps you motivated, you know, it, it makes you that more, that much more hungry. So, um, that's something that, uh, I'll always, you know, be able to, to keep in mind is, you know, uh, you know, that that's the kind of role I've, I've assumed throughout my baseball career. And that's what I think has helped me always have a drive for, for improvement. And you, you talked about it. You said you don't always want to be low key, but now that you are coming right. out from under the radar, how has it felt to have more of the spotlight on you? It's good. It's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. Uh, it, it's really fun. It's, it's cool to see your name out there and um, hear people talking about you a little bit more, getting a little bit more credit. Um, so, uh, it's, like I said, you know, I, I, I try not to pay too much attention to it. Um, it, you know, you don't want to let, let the noise crowd your mind, uh, too much, but, um, it is, it's, it's nice to see at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Before we return to back to the futures, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian back company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian back company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continues to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the majors. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. For more information about Zorian, visit their website, ZorianBats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. Now, back to Back to the Futures. And moving even further back, you went to Dartmouth College. What was your experience like there? Um, it was it was good. I mean, I, I loved Dartmouth. I had such a great team there in, in the years that I was there. Um, great coach, Coach Whalen. Um we, we had a great program. It was, it was fine. You know, I, I, I really do wish that I was able to, to get the full experience there. Um, had COVID not happened and I would have had a full sophomore season and a full junior season under my belt. And, you know, who knows how that would have all turned out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dartmouth was, is, is a great place. Uh, I was, I was very fortunate to be able to go there, um, as a student and, also to be able to play baseball there was, was, was really cool as well. So um, I, I love that place. I'll, it'll always hold a special place in my heart. And being in the Ivy league, it is mostly well known for its academics, but what's the competition like on the field? Uh, it's good. You know, it's funny. I, I won't be able to tell you too much from experience because I only had one Ivy league season uh, as a freshman, but uh it's good. You know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good players that come out of the Ivy league. I would say the Ivy league is definitely underrated in terms of baseball talent um, to, for teams to, and it's, it's very competitive. I mean, for teams to all, for eight teams to all be competing to get, you know, high level student athletes um, who are willing to put just as much effort into the classroom as they are into their sport. Um, it's, it's a really competitive environment. So um but, but it's, I mean, it's good. It's a, it's a tough league, you know, you're each, since there's so few games overall in the schedule, it's a very, very, um, 
like every game is is so important and it's you got to win every you got to win every you need to win every series um so uh it was it was a cool experience playing in the league i mean it's 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 got a lot of talent that i think uh goes goes unnoticed sometimes and you just touched on it there we touched on it earlier it seems to always come back into the conversation somehow but your sophomore season covid-19 it was canceled um looking back what do you wish that you would have told your past self about what was upcoming and what, if there was anything you would do differently? You know, I don't think I would have told myself a thing cause I'm, I'm, I'm honestly very, uh, very happy with how myself and, and my teammates, we all responded to it. Um, we, you know, the season got canceled. Um, we knew that the following season was still up in the air with our conference. So, um, but, uh, a lot of us, you know, not just Dartmouth guys, some Harvard guys, other Ivy league guys and, um, local baseball players just around here. We, we responded in a way that was, no, we're going to find ways to play and we're going to find ways to get better. So, um, I honestly don't think I would have told myself a thing. I, I would have just let it all play out the way exact way it did. Um, cause I think, uh, we all, we all did a really good job of, uh, making do with what we had. I think that's true for most people that went through that during baseball is just like, cause they went into training, they did, you know, recovery stuff, just ways to keep their body active. And then when the season came back in late 2020, early 2021, everybody was ready to go. Yeah. We, I mean, we were organizing, uh, scrimmages. Um, we played a lot of little, we played a lot of like kind of sandlot style games, um, in the spring of 2021, uh, and then rewinding to uh, 2020 fall, um, we played a lot of games there, uh, just like amongst ourselves with Ivy League guys and some guys from UMass Amherst, um, and we were able to get scouts to come watch. Um, so that little like window of time where I didn't have any like collegiate baseball going on, um, me and my peers we we really made the most of it you know it, we we got a lot accomplished and uh i was very happy with with how we were able to do that yeah that's great and as you mentioned you know you played your freshman year at dartmouth in 2019 then played your first futures league season so what did you take from both from dartmouth to the futures league and then futures league to the dartmouth that helped you with one another yeah i think uh my freshman season uh, helped me a lot. You know, I had to kind of work my way into a more regular playing time role um, from the beginning of the year. Um, so just getting exposed to uh, a little bit better pitching than I had seen in high school and um, kind of just kind of getting thrown into the mix without um, all that much experience was really important for me. Um, it was, uh, you know, I, I got to see better arms. I got to catch better arms than I had. Um, so it was, it was really important for me that transition from, uh, the spring to the summer, I think was made a lot easier because I was able to, to, to work my way into that, uh, starting role by the end of Dartmouth season. And, uh, that helped a lot. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier about being in Ivy league and putting the same amount of effort as you on the field into the classroom. How did you learn time management skills between school and baseball was it something that you had had before or something that you picked up on the fly yeah I think it's something that you get better at as you go on I, I remember 
probably my freshman year. I, I put a little too much on my plate in the fall uh, with my workload in the classroom um, and trying to balance that on the field. But um, as, as everything like kind of progressed at school, um, I got better at managing my schedule and making sure I wasn't, you know, taking three really hard classes all at once. Um, it, you know, at the end of the day, it is what you make it, you, you know, which classes are going to be a little lighter for, on you than others. And you know, which ones are going to be harder. So um, just being cognizant of that um, going into the season was important knowing um, that, Hey, you, you're going to have to still be on top of your schoolwork, but let's find a way to see if we can lighten that load up a little bit on ourselves um, and uh, still be able to, put our 110% effort into baseball. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think just as I went on from freshman year on it, it, it only got better time management wise. Yeah. And at a school like Dartmouth and at a school like in the Ivy league, that's super important is trying to make sure that you balance that. And you said you put a lot on your plate, but it's good that, you know, it worked out, I think. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And like I said, yeah, it, it only, it, it only got more manageable as I went on. I think, I think I just, was more aware of um, my workload and, and what I was doing. Yeah, that's awesome. Ben, this has been great so far. We got a few more kind of general questions to finish off this episode here, starting with the obvious. In general, what do you hope to accomplish in your baseball career? Uh, I mean, I guess I would just look to get to the big leagues and play literally as long as I possibly can. And hopefully that ends up turning into a hall of fame career. <laughs> and for you, what would your advice be to those who are trying to get into pro baseball? Um, I think, hmm, I, I would say my advice would just be to like, just, just think about where you are right now. And then, and think about, how much better you can be and then let that motivate you from there. Like just knowing where you're at right now and then thinking, I, I could get so much better at this, this, and this, that's going to motivate me. That's going to push me forward. And as soon as you just kind of take care of one little thing at a time, um, that'll help progress you as an athlete and as a baseball player and, and, and help you get closer to your goals and, and, and eventually hopefully make it to pro ball. Yeah, that is the goal for all the, a lot of these guys playing in our league, other leagues. So that's great advice right there in general, you know, this is we're, we are here to discuss ultimately the futures league. What was your time like in the futures league? Oh, I mean, I, it's, it was, it was amazing. I, I think I know mean, something that I've always expressed to people is like just how much gratitude I have to the futures league for, um, being able to put that 2020 season together um, because it really had no business happening given all the other leagues were just like kind of dropping like flies. Um, so the fact that the, the futures league was able to put that all together that year was like so important to so many different baseball players around here, whether it's guys who were going into their senior year of college guys who were hoping to get to pro ball um, it was, I mean, it was just, it was everything, you know, and especially for me, it, like I said to you guys earlier, it, it made all the difference in my career. It, it really helped me uh, kind of get on the map a little bit and get closer to my, my dream of, of getting to professional baseball. So 
um you know I, i'm in a lot of debt to the to the futures league and uh i mean my experience was just remarkable all around yeah that's great to hear and ben last time we talked to you we asked you this question we're gonna do it again here Last question for you. What is your all-time favorite baseball memory? And you, you've you added a couple to the list the last couple of years, so we're okay to do that. Um, yeah, I know. It's, I I want to think of something different than my last answer, but I don't know if I can off the top of my head. Um, so I guess I'll just, you know, I, I'll go back to, you know, winning that 2019 championship with Worcester. That was so fun. And then um, I remember I said – uh, there was just, just, just little league baseball in general was so fun. And, and the day that sticks out in my mind is that one day when I was in a tournament on Cape Cod and, uh, we were all a bunch of little guys, um, running around at the different fields. We had like five different games that day. It was, uh, you know, all those games kind of mesh together in my mind, but like, just, just remember, just like the experience in general of just like being a little kid and, and playing competitive baseball and like, you know, thinking like this, like each game means the world and you got to win every single game. And we all really wanted to be good. We had a really good culture for a team of like, you know, 11 and 12 year olds. Um, those, those games and those like memories from little league really stick out to me. I hope you didn't catch all five of those games in one day. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just might have, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the Little League memories are the ones that will stick with you forever, as will hopefully Futures League memories. Absolutely, absolutely. Ben, this has been great. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us for this episode. We wish you the best, and one day we hope to see you on the field at Yankee Stadium and Pinstripes, man. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you again for coming on. This has been Season 8, Episode 6 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures League. We have new episodes coming out all throughout the offseason. Be sure to tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.